Well, this is a bicycle. Bicycle, beach cruiser. This bike, when we got it, put it together, it was designed to cruise. And cruise it did. I remember when I was uh, eight or nine years old, I, I uh, had a bicycle, and we'd ride those bicycles everywhere. I mean, uh, we lived in a place called Williamsburg, Kentucky, population 3,400s, and uh, just on the other side of Tennessee, Kentucky border. Great place, but I rode my bicycle down Main Street all the way to downtown, outside the courthouse to the uh, Five and Dime. I, I would go uh, over to the school and the ball field. I rode my bicycle everywhere. And there was a dirt track. I don't know if it actually was a dirt track, but that's what I said it was. And, and we'd do jumps and have just a great time. I loved riding my bicycle. And, 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 and then I, I, I started a paper route. We moved to Texas, Dallas, Texas, started a paper route. Didn't enjoy riding the bicycle as much then, but I enjoyed it a lot more than walking the paper route. Oh, what I did with that bicycle, I had, uh, I, I had this contraption, this wooden box that I built on the back. It had a banana seat. Oh, yeah. Banana seat. <sighs> had a banana seat, and, and, and I built this contraption on the back, a wooden contraption, uh, so that I could put my saddlebags on the back end, loaded up with uh, newspaper, Right? And, uh, and then I had this basket that I put on the front, and it wasn't just one of these little wicker things. It was a big metal hold, 78 newspapers on Tuesday, kind of. Uh, by the way, Tuesday newspapers were the smallest newspapers for the Dallas Morning News. Anyway, hold 78 in that big old thing. So, so I enjoyed riding my bicycle a lot more than walking because if I had to walk, it would be like horrific and wouldn't be able to carry them all. I had to come back and get loads. And, and so I enjoyed riding my bicycle. And, um, and then, you know, we have several bikes in our garage and that kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, these bikes, you know, this one is a cruiser. It's made to cruise. You get on that thing, and you just start riding, and, 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 uh, and, and you're just cruising down the boardwalk, right? You're just, just having a good old time. You, 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 you feel the sun smiling on your face, and, and, and the wind is blowing your hair. Imaginary hair. And you're just cruising. And so that, that's, that's what this bike was made for, cruising. But there's something wrong with this bike. What's wrong with it? Oh, the chain. Wow, there's something else wrong with it. Flat tire. It's hard for that bike to do what it was intended to do when the chain's broken and the tires are deflated. It's hard for it to fulfill its purpose. 
Last night when I got home, I, I went to the garage and I actually deflated the tires. They were a little bit deflated. Anyway, I deflated them even more and I took the chain off. I made a choice last night to deflate tires and remove the chain. Today we're going to look at the story of a guy who made a choice. He made a choice to break the chain of his bike and deflate the tires of his life so that he was not able to fulfill his purpose the way he was. See, this bicycle right now, the way it is right now, flat tires, broken chain, the only thing that, <coughs> that, the, that bike is good for, I mean, originally its purpose is to cruise. Now all it's good for is catching cobwebs or taking up space in a particular place in our garage. But it's, it, 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 it's not designed to take up space in a particular place. And it's not designed to capture cobwebs. It was designed to cruise. Some of us are here today and we were designed to cruise, but we're just catching cobwebs. Some of us are here today and we were designed to cruise, but all we're doing is taking up space in a particular place. We're not fulfilling the purpose that God saved us for. That Christ died and rose again to give us. We're, we're not fulfilling the purpose by which the Spirit of God has been poured into us. We're just a bike with deflated soul and a broken spirit. But the good news is that Jesus, Jesus sees our potential and he can renew our purpose. And Jesus sees your potential right where you are, exactly the way you are. Broken spirit, deflated soul, catching cobwebs, filling space in a particular place. He sees you right where you are. And today, I want you to know he sees your potential. When I was uh, uh, on the paper route, I did the paper out from 6th grade until we moved to Beaumont, Texas in the 10th grade, middle of the 10th grade. And so for four and a half years, I, I threw Dallas Morning News newspaper, get up at 4.30 every morning. It did not matter. It rained. That was the original rain, snow, sleet, or hail. Whatever. It will not keep you because if you didn't deliver the newspaper, the people that are looking for the newspaper, they start calling your house. And my mama and daddy were not down with that kind of life. And so, uh, if it's raining, if it's cold, if it's snowing, if there's sleet on the ground, if there's ice everywhere, you're, you're throwing the newspaper. So every morning, 4.30, I get up, and I, didn't, I just did not want to walk that paper route. There's just no way I was going to walk. And so, I, I depended upon my bicycle to get me to my route so I could throw the papers, so I could make the money. Buy myself a shotgun. That might not be politically correct, but that's what I wanted, and that's what I got. Um, and, and, and so I had to take care of this bicycle. Now, what would happen is sometimes the bicycle, the tires would be deflated, but I knew what it took to inflate them. 
Sometimes the chain would uh, go off, you know, get off the chain, you know, it just it go get a little nuts. And it, but I knew how to fix it. I could I can take the this inner part out. I can take that out and I can replace the ball bearing stuff that goes in the side of it. And I, I mean, I know, I don't know about this one, but on that model with the banana seat, I could. But I, I mean, I had to know how to, because I was depending on it. There was a purpose that that bicycle was to fulfill. I broke it, but I could fix it. The, 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 the tough news for us is that when we break it, when we break us, we can't fix us. The good news is Jesus can. You come here today and you say, well, you know, Eric, you don't understand where I've been. <clears throat> I don't understand exactly where you've been, but I, I can sympathize with where you've been. We look in John chapter 21. John 21 is the story of Peter and the other disciples, it's the story of Jesus. John 21, Jesus has already appeared to his disciples twice after his resurrection. He appeared to them uh, in the upper room two other times, and now uh, he's appearing to them a third time. We're going to key in on Peter, and if you were to flip back to Luke chapter 5, you would see the story of Peter and Andrew, his brother, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And in Luke chapter 5... Simon and, and Andrew and, and James and John, they're fishing. And, and as you read the story, you see that they didn't catch fish all night. And then, then Jesus says, okay, uh, uh, Jesus comes along and says, well, here's what you need to do to catch fish. They catch fish. And when they caught all those fish, they looked at Jesus and, and, and they dropped their nets. And Luke chapter 5, verse 11 says, and they left everything to follow Jesus. See, they were cruising. They had met Jesus, and Jesus changed their life. He filled their life with purpose. Not just a small purpose, but a big purpose. A, a purpose that would change the world. When we come to John 21, we see that Peter's lost sight of the purpose. And we'll see why. But in John chapter 21, uh, just read along with me, and, and, and we're going to begin in verse 1. Uh, John chapter 21, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the sea of the Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Verse 2 begins the story. Simon Peter, Thomas the twin, uh, Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon said to them, my favorite, one of my favorite verses in Scripture, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. Hashtag what we need. I'm going fishing. And they said... They said to Peter, well, let's go with you. And, and so they went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. The next morning had come, and Jesus was standing on the shore. The disciples didn't know it was Jesus. And so Jesus said to them, do you have any food? And they answered and said, no. So he said, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw the net in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, Hey, that's Jesus. That's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and he plunged into the sea. Uh, the other disciples came in the little boat, uh, for they were not far out, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with the fish. And as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you've just caught. 
Simon went up and dragging the net to land full of large fish, 153, all, although there were so many, uh, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. As we look at this, we'll, we'll go on here in a second, but as we look at this story, uh, you, the, the, way, the way their purpose came out of the box, brand new. They met Jesus, they were fishing, Jesus showed himself to be the Lord, Peter actually, in Luke 5, Peter actually fell at the feet of Jesus and called him Lord. Said, I'm a great sinner, but you're the Lord. And they left everything to pursue their purpose. Their purpose was to follow Jesus. Their purpose was to glorify God. Their purpose was to be an instrument in the hands of God to change the world. And they saw following Jesus as fulfilling that purpose. But Peter had fallen on some hard times. You understand what I'm talking about here. John chapter 13, uh, Jesus uh, spent time in the upper room with the disciples. He washed their feet. They had the Lord's Supper. Jesus said that he's going to die. Peter says, wherever you go, I'll follow you. I'll never betray you. I'll never deny you. I am with you. I'm going to stick like Flynn. You cannot get rid of me. I am going to be tighter than peanut butter in between two pieces of bread. I am so there with you. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, before this night is over, you will deny you knew me three times. And sure enough, Jesus is arrested and somebody comes up to Peter. Hey, aren't you one of his disciples? And Peter says, I am not. Another person, aren't you one of the disciples? No, I'm not. Third time person, aren't you Peter, a, a disciple of Jesus? And he says, blasted, I don't even know the man. I feel the same way. And then the rooster begins to crow. The reminder of Peter's great bragging about how he would stick to the end and how he had failed Jesus. Now, Peter still loved Jesus. He, he loved him. It's just that Peter didn't feel like he could ever overcome his failure of denying Jesus three times. That's why he went fishing. He had seen the resurrected Jesus. He knew that Jesus had overcome death, hell, and the grave. And and, and he saw that and he believed that, but, but he didn't see how that resurrection could affect his failure. He had chosen to deflate his soul and to break his own spirit. Can I I give you some good news? Peter's not the worst of the people who failed it. He's not alone in failing Jesus. He was in good company. Can, Can I give you some good news? You look at your life and you can identify your failings. How you failed Jesus, how, how, that, how that your purpose is to follow Jesus, to glorify God in following Jesus. And, and yet you've looked at how you've walked away from Jesus. You've looked at how you've failed to do what he wanted you to do. You've, you've looked at your failures, but you're not alone. I'm right here with you. I mean... Some of you, you say, well, I did this before I became a Christian, and I did that before I became a Christian. Guys, I became 11. I became a Christian at 11 years old. Every horrific thing I've done in my life, is an, I've done as a believer. 
I don't brag about it. But can I tell you, as a sinner, we can talk. You and me. See, the church is not filled with people who have got it all together. The church should be filled with people who are honest enough to say, I have blown it. I'm broken. Now, for Peter, his failure was defining his future. He saw his failure as final. His failure derailed him from pursuing the purpose that God had given him to begin with. Peter went back to the nets. He went back to fishing because that's what he saw his potential as. Because he had failed, (laughs) he defined his potential according to his failure. And some of us do that same very thing. We, we define our potential based upon how badly we've done in the past. And that derails us. Peter, Peter said, all right, I can't be a disciple anymore. I love Jesus. I just can't be a disciple anymore. I'm going to go fishing. That's what I know. Peter was raised fishing. He understood that fishing kind of life. He could keep calm and go fishing. He understood that fishing kind of life. You wake up in the morning. You go fishing. You catch some fish. You clean the fish. You sell the fish. You fix the nets. You go fishing. You catch the fish. You clean the fish. You sell the fish. You fix the nets. You go fishing. You catch the fish. You clean the fish. You sell the fish. You fix the nets. You go fishing. You catch the fish, you clean the fish, you sell the fish, you fix the nets, you go fishing. You catch the fish, you clean the fish, you sell the fish, you fix the nets, you go fishing. Over and over and over and over again. It may seem monotonous, but that was his life before he met Jesus. And he understood what that took, and and so he went back to that kind of life. Because he could not see past his life. Failure. He was defining his potential based upon how he had failed in the past. He was defining his future based upon his failure yesterday. And boy, don't we do that sometimes. Oh, Eric, you don't understand what I've done. Eric, you you have no comprehension of how bad I've been. You don't understand how how bad it's been with how I've denied Jesus and walked away from Jesus and, and, and spat in Jesus' face. Eric, you don't understand how I have failed him. Guys, I don't have to understand your failure because I understand our Savior. See, Jesus is in the business of filling up our deflated soul and repairing our broken spirit. Jesus is in the business of fixing what we've broken. The good news for us today is that Jesus will take the time to help us. That's what the breakfast on the seashore is all about. Jesus sitting there with a fire already made. He didn't have to eat, but he did want to spend time with his disciples. He wanted to help them, especially Peter. Simple truth here. 
No matter how bad you failed Jesus, Jesus is faithful to you. You got to know that. Even when we are faithless, even when we def- when you look in the dictionary of someone who is a, a, a faithless person toward God, and your picture there is, is there, and my picture is there, and, and you look at that, you've got to understand that no matter how faithless we have been, no matter how much we have failed Jesus, Jesus is in the business of being faithful to us. It's an amazing thing, something we can't even begin to comprehend. But we no longer have to define our future based upon our failure of yesterday. Instead, we define our future based upon Jesus and his faithfulness. Our potential is not based upon our failure. See, Jesus sees us and sees our potential differently. He looks at this bicycle, and he sees the, the, the broken seat, and he sees the flat tire, and he sees the broken chain. But you know what he also sees? He sees a solid frame. He sees a tire that can be filled with air. He sees a chain that can be replaced, oiled up, and can cruise again. You know what Jesus sees when he sees you? Guys, he's already died for your failure. When he looks at you, he sees your future. He, he's looking at you and he's saying, man, I, I, I just want to help you. Come sit this fire with me. He comes, come sit here with me. Let's eat a little bit. Let's talk a little bit. Look down in verse 18. Or verse uh, 15, I'm sorry. Uh, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Peter said to Jesus, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And Jesus said to Peter again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And, and, and so Peter said to Jesus, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And, and so Jesus said to Peter, tend my sheep. And in verse 17, so Jesus said to Peter a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And, and so Peter was grieved because he because Jesus said to him the third time, do you love me? And so Peter, in exasperation and frustration and and sorrow, said to Jesus, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. So Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Jesus is bringing Peter into a conversation to help Peter. Jesus already knew Peter's heart. The problem was Peter didn't know. Peter's heart. Jesus wants to take time with you to resurrect your love, to remember your love. See, that's that's how Jesus helps us. He He helps us remember our love for him. Again, you know what it what when 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 you focus on a failure. You're focusing on everything you did wrong. But when you're focusing on love, you're focusing on a relationship, not an act. See, our 
our future, our potential is not based upon the failure of the past. Our potential is based upon our love for a person named Jesus. That's where our potential is. The potential we have to fulfill the purpose that God has for you and me is all based upon our relationship, our love for Jesus. And so Peter (coughs) had denied Jesus three times. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. So Jesus says, okay, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Yes, Lord, I love you. Lord, you already know my heart. Yes, of course I love you. Jesus was awakening, resurrecting. The remembrance, the love that Peter had for Jesus. With every denial, Jesus gave Peter an opportunity to declare his loyal love for the king. Jesus was helping Peter see his future not based on his failure, but based upon his friendship with Jesus. Here you are today, guys. Listen. Y'all just look. You've blown it. Go ahead and admit it. Own it. You've blown it. Until you own it, you can't get free from it. You made a choice to deflate your tires and to break that chain. You made that choice. I didn't make it for you. Uh, the, The president didn't make it for you. The economy didn't make it for you. You made that choice. You've blown it. You've blown it more than once. You might have already blown it more than once today. That's okay. I have too. Now, we've got to own it. That means we can't can't skirt around it. We can't act like it doesn't exist. We can't pretend like it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. You see, every time we've blown it, it's taken the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive it. But Jesus died to forgive it. Out of love for you and me, he's already paid the price for your forgiveness. He's already forgiven your failure by his death on the cross. Now, we need to be weighted down with grief over our sin. Absolutely. We need to feel regret over the things we've done in in disobedience to Christ. Absolutely. We need to feel the pain of derailing our purpose by our failure. Yes, but we don't need to be defined by that. We don't need to be stuck in that place. We don't need to be collecting cobwebs or stuck in a place just taking up space any longer. We need to feel the love and the forgiveness of a living Savior, Jesus, who faithfully gives himself to us in love. We need to step up a little bit and cruise again. We need to remember what Jesus has done for us, and we need to live in that love. Some of us, and and again, I, I, I think Peter was just a little bit arrogant. You might say, well, how can he be arrogant and not see his potential? Well, he was so arrogant as to think that his sin was bigger than Jesus' death. 
Or that somehow he was such a special case that how bad he did was, 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 the, uh, was the cause for, for him not being able to, to, to move forward any longer. It, it, it takes a little bit of pride. And, and you know, if, 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 Peter, if Peter had stayed a fisherman after the resurrection, he would just be a footnote in our history. As it stands today... In the New Testament, there are three people that are absolutely prominent throughout the Scripture. Peter, Paul, and Mary. That's just to keep you awake. That's just to keep you awake. Some of y'all like, huh? What are you talking about? Peter, Paul, and Mary? Yeah, they're in the Bible. I don't know what you... When I was a kid, I thought Peter, Paul, and Mary were a gospel group. I thought they sang Southern gospel. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go home, ask your parents, call your grandparents. They can tell you about Peter, Paul, and Mary. All right. Um, so the key for Peter was to see his life, see his potential based upon his relationship with Jesus. Not based upon the failures of his yesterday. And so, Jesus finishes up. And this is, this is the end of it. Go down to verse 20. So, Peter, turning around, saw the disciple. Oh, uh, verse 18. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you're old, you'll, you'll stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you don't wish. And this is what Jesus was speaking, signifying by what death Peter would glorify God. He was going to be killed on a cross. Um, and when he had spoken this, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. Then Peter turned around and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, this disciple who also leaned on the breast of Jesus at supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter saw that guy, who was John, Peter saw him and said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if I want him to remain till I come back again, what is that to you? You follow me. See, if we're going to cruise, if we're going to fulfill our purpose, now, we, we have the potential to fulfill our purpose. Jesus already made sure of that. And as we begin to see our potential, not based upon what we do, but based upon our relationship with Jesus, then we can begin fulfilling our purpose. But if we're going to fulfill our purpose every day, we've got to take action. And that means that we must set our focus on Jesus and follow him. Set our focus on Jesus and follow him. We need to set our focus on Jesus not our circumstances. We need to set our focus on Jesus, not our failure. We need to set our focus on Jesus, not our friends. We need to set our focus on Jesus, not our, 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 our fiery trials. We need to set our focus on Jesus. You see what I did there? I did all that alliteration off the top of my head. That's pretty good. We need to set our focus on Jesus. That means we need to make him the focal point of everyday life. We need to look and set our gaze upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We need to lay aside the weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And we need to get busy running this race with endurance that God has given us to run. We need to glorify God. And if we're going to glorify God, it's because we focus 
focused on Jesus and we're following him. We're following in his footsteps. We're doing what he did. We're making sure that we're helping people who are far from God find new life in Christ. We're helping our friends. We're bearing their load. We're loving them the way Christ has loved us. We're showing compassion and kindness to people who are far from God and, and people who are close to us. We, we, are, we are following Jesus. But are you? Or are you just a collector of cobwebs taking up space in a particular place? See, following Jesus is not showing up and sitting in a seat. Following Jesus is radical. Following Jesus is dangerous and risky and marvelous and magnificent and satisfying but you got to follow Jesus see when we follow Jesus we're instruments in the hands of God to change the world but you got to set your focus on Jesus you have to avoid comparison stop focusing on what happens to Billy Bob it doesn't matter what happens to Billy Bob. Billy Bob's not your concern. Billy Bob is God's concern. Stop worrying about Susie Q. Stop fixating on what's happening in her life and what she's doing or what she's not doing or what she should be doing or what she can be doing. Stop focusing on Susie Q. See, the, you cannot follow Jesus and focus on somebody else at the same time. And the biggest problem many of us have as, as followers of Jesus is we claim to be followers of Jesus, but we're focused on so many other people. We don't even see Jesus in the middle of the day. And Jesus told Peter, For, forget John. He's not your business. He's my business. You follow me. You know, if, if, if even half of us would spend more time focused on Jesus and following him than we are focused on other people and what they ought to be doing? My soul, you wouldn't, be able to, you wouldn't be able to hold all the new people that would be coming in this place seeking seeking help from the hand of God. Well, we got to follow Jesus. We have to follow Jesus. I know, I know you, and, and y'all who have been here with me, like the Hemphills, since I, since I started here, 12 years. You don't hear me preach a lot about politics and that kind of thing. You don't hear me say, preach a lot about what the devil does and devil should do or devil's going to do. But the reason is because our future is not based upon our politics. Our future is not based upon the government in place. Now, I know it's important to you guys. I'm all about that. I, I, it's important to me too. But that's not where our future lies. Our future rests in the hands of individual followers of Christ who see themselves through the lens of Jesus, the potential that he sees in them to fulfill God's purpose who see our potential not based upon what we do or what we've done, good or bad, but we see our potential based upon our relationship with Jesus Christ so that we live each day 
following after him, fulfilling the purpose that God has given us, which is to glorify God by helping those who are far from God find new life in Christ. The question is, are you going to follow Jesus? Are you going to focus on other distractions? Here's the devil comment. You know what the devil would love to do? Derail you by reminding you of what a failure you are. And you know what the Spirit of God wants to do today? Remind you what a priceless treasure, powerful beyond measure, God has already made you to be. You're not a failure as a follower of Jesus Christ. You are a forgiven friend of God cruising for his glory.